Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. The attack on all your senses from minute one. It was incredible. Don't just hand over this life. Educate yourself. I would welcome anything that would help to protect the children further. You know. The same speed we get from them. Very little respect. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Oh God, you know what? I love being from Cork. I just love, love, love being from Cork. You people have been bombarding us for the last 24 hours with offers. How can we help? How can we get them some bandages? How can we get them some blankets? How can we get them some medicines, some painkillers? What can we do to help? We have been finding out loads of people coming at us with offers of how they can get stuff, just stuff, whatever they want, out to the people on the Polish-Ukraine border and inside in Ukraine if we can get the supplies in to them. Catch up with a few of those people later on this morning and it's by the way I've almost forgotten with the, with the war on it's pancake tuesday today now, i'm not i'm not a huge fan of the old pancake i think it's too sweet i like my savory but we'll catch up on the favorites later on uh, a young woman as well whose husband died only a few months ago of a very aggressive brain ca- uh, cancer and he was so young when he died what has she done she's gone and taken the strength to have a fundraiser this Easter Monday. Now, he's only dead a few months, but she's still got that strength within herself to have a major fundraiser for him this Easter Monday, uh, looking after the nice people at Breakthrough Cancer Research. All that is to come during the morning. Fiona, yesterday we were chatting to Vika. She was on her way to the border to get into Poland and slow, like, doesn't describe it. You've been on to her so far this morning. Is she okay? Where is she now? Yeah, PJ, I was speaking to Vika earlier on this morning and she said that overnight, now yesterday she was about five kilometres from the border. Um, She said this morning that there wasn't a whole um, amount of movement overnight and she was still quite far back. But then she messaged me again at um, just after eight o'clock and she said that things had started to progress quite quickly and that there were about 10 cars maybe in 
front of them. Um, Now, I did message her there just before we came on air and I haven't heard back from her. So um, I hope now that that means that they're actually crossing the border as we speak. But uh, she has said that she will message us and come back to us when she gets across and we will have hopefully an update before the end of the show on that this morning. Okay, hopefully we can jump live to her at any point that we can, uh, doing her best to get over the... Recall from yesterday, Vika has a business here in Cork. She was in Ukraine. She's doing her level best to get back. They had an 11-year-old child in the car with them. Desperate situation and literally just queuing for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. If we find out how she's doing and if she gets over the border while we're on the air, we will go straight to Vika at any moment of the show. Elena, you contacted us during yesterday's programme to to tell us about your mom. Yeah, that's quite difficult, you know, because um, at where she is, uh, she is she lives in the south of Ukraine. Um, there is a city called Nikolaev, and I would say the closest border would be Moldova. Mm. But to get there, you have to drive about I don't know six hours by car. But the problem is. Uh, you know, they're not letting you out of the city. There is no petrol. There is no traffic. I think, I mean, transport. Uh, I think there is some kind of one train, but it's impossible to get um on it you know so it's like even though Ireland reacted so fast um, I was so amazed that they you know removed visa requirements and I I was so hopeful and I started um, building plans in my head how to get my mom out but unfortunately I can't you know tell me about mom what age is she so my mom, she's 69 um, she's living by herself um, because said my father died uh, I think 20 years ago and my sister died even a longer time ago so it's just her and me over in Ireland and um, I live in Ireland already for 13 years Mm. I have uh, a family of my own here and uh, I always wanted to bring my mom over but uh, due to very you know complicated uh, visa requirements Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't able so far yeah and then Minister McEntee at the weekend said there'd be no need for visas yeah. and you thought, oh, great. Yeah, and all my friends, you know, Irish friends, knowing my situation, they all were sending me messages and saying, look, look, you can. And I was like, yeah, that's great, but how can I get her out, you know? So she needs, as I said, um, she she would have to go to Moldova and then from Moldova to Romania and then she actually could catch a flight and uh, there is no way for her to get to the western part because it's about i don't know 22 hours uh, by train to get to lviv and then from lviv i think it's only 80 kilometers to polish uh, border but uh, no chances and um, as I said, uh, I said my mom uh, called the taxi and offered them any uh, money or say we will pay anything, uh, just get them maybe, um, uh, get them to agree to bring you over to at least Moldova. Yeah. And when she called, they were just laughing at her face, you know, and saying, old lady, stay at home and don't get out of, uh, you know, your house. Because that no one will, even if someone would want to do that, they wouldn't be able. 
to do yeah. it. So, is there fighting where she is now, Elena, or near it? Uh, well, not like you know, her town is um, I would say seventy kilometers from the big city, and they were fighting there. Um, there were fights, I think, two nights ago, and apparently uh, Russians didn't get through, but, uh, you know, they're expecting the next bunch. But the neighboring county called Kherson, uh, I mean, city Kherson, that one, unfortunately, uh, wasn't able um, to, you know, be, how to say it, withstand. So they, they are occupied now by Russians. Yeah. And and also my mom's cousin called her. She lives in Kahovka. It's also a small town in Kherson region. They have a, a big uh, hydroelectric power plant. Mm. And that is now also controlled by Russians. And apparently they're shooting, you know, civilians like... Um, um, my mom's cousin told you that some family was driving somewhere. They just shoot them all, and some some guy was driving to see his mom. Also, he was shot. So I don't know. Well, she, her cousin is really scared because, yeah. you know, she can see it. Are you able to talk to mom every day? Yeah, that thing. God, at least it still you know um, possible. So I call her several times a day, um, Viber or. When if she doesn't reply on Viber straight away, I call her on mobile, and then I learned also that three, I think, an air even removed charges for. Right. Um, so I'm just you know um, uh, shocked and in a good way how responsive and how supporting Irish people, Irish government, and uh, it just you know it it's so in this time, yeah. it means a lot. I think, you know, I feel so guilty that, uh, you know, I'm here safe and she's there and I can't help her. Um, so she, she she's reassuring me constantly, you know, saying, don't worry, I'll yeah. be uh, good, fine. But I know she won't be, you know, as I said, the shops are empty now. There is no food. So if they are not short, they may starve, you know. So I don't know. I, I just hope it uh, it won't happen i hope it they will come up with some kind yeah. of resolution you told us that she had some mobility issues like is she able to get out and get some groceries no, or no, no no she can't well but she couldn't do it before and she had she has um, a younger woman who constantly helps her you know she gets food and that woman she even though she's younger than my mom she is in constant, you know, uh, shock, and she's crying constantly. So my mom kind of she is reassuring her, and maybe that helps her not to, you know, focus on her own um, uh, feelings. So she constantly um, uh, trying to um, calm down that woman because she is panicking every noise, every you know when they hear shooting or something. So she she is very scared. Yeah. So I'm so happy. I think that, thank God, there is someone to help her there. There's just no way she'll be able to come over to you. So if there was some kind of peace there, Elena, you'd nearly try and go over and get her, would you? Of course, yeah. That would be the first. You know, like, I, said, I always wanted to... Um, bring her over because, as I said, she has no one to look after her. But I, I couldn't, as I said. 
But uh, now, as, as, as soon as some kind of transport going, I don't know, I will try my best mm. and just bring her over and, you know, shelter her from um, all that worrying. And the shocking thing also, you know, where she lives, uh, there is no, like, a bomb shelter nearby. Uh, the, the, the closest one would be, um, I don't know, maybe... Uh, five kilometers but she also there is no way for her to get there you know so so what happens to her does she have a basement does she have no no unfortunately so she she's just saying uh well i i am praying so they are not bombing me i'm like okay that's so uh, really you know she, i don't know there does, is she live no on, plan. does she live in an apartment block or does she live no, in no it's uh, the house bungalow she lives in a bungalow, bungalow yeah and mm-hmm. and that's all she's got only the roof over her head is the only protection she has yeah yeah that's the only protection so as i said really i'm praying for the for them not to start bombing or um start being nasty and go just shoot every you know civilian mm-hmm. in the house or you know so that's just shocking yeah you feel you feel very helpless i think that's probably the best word yeah i do at least you have contact with her, and as long as that holds up, at least you know that she's there and she's okay. Yeah. Elena, we wish her safety. That's all we can wish to anybody from this side. We Thank wish you. her safety. You're very, um, as I said, great. I think that's why I love Ireland and Irish people. You're so compassionate and so um, understanding, or always ready, you know, like to to help people and. Thank you for that. Elena, tell your mum we're thinking of her. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. That's Elena. Um, now, we've just heard back from Vika. She can actually see the border, but everything has slowed down again. But if we get any update, we'll go straight to her. But she can see where she needs to be, and it's a different world on the other side of that border into Poland. You remember with Pavlo on the show yesterday, he's a plumber with a successful business here in Cork and plenty of work, but he decided, no, I'm going home to fight. I'm going home to resist. Uh, he went home and he was looking for a place to join up and looking for a place to sign up and take part in the resistance, as it were. Uh, they need body armour, uh, helmets, thermal imagery gear, diesel generators, Portable coolers, medical supplies, bandages, painkillers, anesthetic materials for stitching, satellite phones, long-range walkie-talkies, thermal underwear. I know these are big asks, but this is what they need. And I tell you now, we're inundated, like I said, with details of collections. The Grove Medical Centre in Ballancolig are collecting for bedding, blankets, disposable pillowcases, Medical covers, energy bars, hygiene products. There's a collection at the church in Balavorny. Victor, who's from Ukraine, living down there, will bring the stuff over in a few days' time. There's a collection point at Blarney GA Clubhouse and O'Leary's Centre. They need chargers and sleeping bags, floor mats, toiletries, torches, batteries, first aid kits, wipes, nappies, baby formula. And there's a collection also at Gwaleskull Nduglisha in Douglas. As I said, inundated offers of help. What can we get? What can we gather? What can we send? How can we send it? You'd be amazed at the network of transport that is there to get the stuff over. 
again, I guess our Polish and Ukrainian community have been going over and back for a long time. They're very organised, surprisingly well organised, in fact. Can I just let you know there is a crash, or there has been a crash, at the Ballancolic Bypass on the inbound side, coming towards towns, causing major tailbacks. We just hope that nobody is hurt, or too badly hurt, out there. And also, uh, our neighbours across the road, Skullwira, they're 70 years old today. So, happy birthday to Skullwira, 70 years old today. Collections, talk about that next, 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Oldies and Irish on Cork's 96FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Hidden Hearing, tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Quartz 96 FM. So Patricia, I think like many people here from the Polish community and the Ukrainian community here in Ireland, you're so upset by what's happening back in your homeland. You've set up a collection to try to help. What, what kind of things are needed? Um, the highest demand at the moment is for painkillers, bandages and number one compression bandages and anything to cure burns, hydrogen peroxide, anything to clean wounds, plasters, wound healing creams, um, foil thermal blankets, um, tinned food, um, towels, hygiene products, anything that people can give, to be honest, anything helps. There's not a lot of medical supplies. Is that what we're hearing? No, we're low on them. And especially because people have been walking for 10 plus hours nonstop. So once they do get to any border, is it, is it Slovakian, Polish borders? They're just trying, people at the border, then trying to help with wounds, injuries, pain. Blisters and yeah. cuts and bruises from walking exactly. and hiking. For, and, in, in, and it is very much the height of winter still, isn't it? Yeah, um, I only came back from Poland myself on Friday night and it's still minus five over there and it's this uh, similar temperatures and the weather climate over in Ukraine. So imagine walking for 10 plus hours and freezing cold basically with practically nothing, just something you could grab when you're on your way out, a suitcase and that's basically it. Yeah, you you just were told, get out, you have 20 minutes, go, grab what you have. And some people are literally walking, all they have is what they were wearing leaving the house. Exactly. Yeah. So you need medical supplies and you need non-perishable food, clothes, blankets, that kind of thing. Where can people bring it to, Patricia? Um, We have set up um, collection points around the city. One of them is the party company um, uh, next to Kinsale Roundabout. It's just at the side of the pet stop 
building as well as the um, next this Sunday, um, March 6th, the Cork Homeless Help and Support Centre in Merchants Quay are having a collection for us from 10am to 4pm. So you could drop stuff in there as well. And how will you get it there? How are you transported out there? We are lucky enough that I'm actually in a courier group um, from Ireland to Poland. So I know we've actually loads of friends that are couriers which are delivering all the goods over to Ukraine and Polish charities for free out of goodwill. Right. So we have um, the first courier is leaving on Tuesday and then we have uh, two vans on Wednesday and Thursday leaving as well. And then the following week where basically every day we have a courier leaving. So as much as we can. And how long is the journey? It depends if the courier has someone to swap with. Um, it's around 35 to 40 hours. Right. 45 hours. It all depends to, to what. Um, town the charities are we have Owens in Krakow Warsaw um, Zakopanek, Dansk hmm. um, especially the Polish Red Cross yeah. which is a verified charity which are sending goods to the Ukraine people which ha- were already lucky enough to cross borders yeah. and have gotten home from Poland So the stuff that will be collected here that you're people will courier out that will go to the polish side of the border so that the people coming across in from ukraine can get it straight away is that it as well yeah and as well there'll be cars going up to the ukraine border so once they're at the ukraine border they have all the supplies and we're getting all the medical supplies trying to get to the ukraine border first as they're in high demand over there yeah. at the borders. And I know that once people get over the border, we're talking to them yesterday, queuing up, trying to get to the border, to, to Poland. Like once you get to the border, once you get over the border, the help is there. It's like a different world. It is. Um, I've been in contact because we've friends over in Ukraine and they said in some places they didn't expect such high and demand, well, not demand, such good care of them they thought they'd be kind of left alone but they've loads of help they, they weren't expecting such help off the polish community and as well as other community and borders yeah isn't it isn't it great it's great it's great patricia there's such a a friendship there between is between our is. peoples the the irish the polish the ukrainians and it's only in the last is it fair to say that it's only in the last week we've realized the depth of that friendship Exactly. Once I started this um, collection, I didn't think, I just thought Van most that I'd have, but I've been getting calls from 6am till 2, 3 in the morning and I'm still in school myself. So I'll be out to the bathrooms answering calls, telling people where they can give stuff, donate, how they can help. Right. It's great. It's you're, great. you're still in school? Yeah, I'm in fourth year, Davis College, Mallow. Crikey, what, what age are you? 16. Are you doing all this at the age of 16? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> were you born in Ireland or you did you come over here? Um, I was born in Poland. I came to Ireland when I was six months. So practically my whole life is here in Ireland. I didn't realise that you were just 16 organising this. <laughs> incred- Remind us again, before I let you go, of the stuff you need and where it can be dropped. Um, medical supplies, painkiller, bandages, compression bandages, anything to cure burns, hydrogen peroxide, 
anything to clean wounds that people have gotten, plasters, wound healing cream, thermal blankets, clothes, tinned food. And all these items can be dropped to the party company at the Kinsale Roundabout or on Sunday, 6th March at the Cork Homeless Help and Support Centre in Martinsky from 10am to 4pm. And there's a, a, a load of couriers ready to take it. Patricia, yeah. great talking to you and well done on what you're doing. Well done. And I just want to say a huge thank you to anyone who has already donated. We, I've been getting such good replies and I wasn't expecting so much help for everyone. I just want to say a big, massive thank you. Well done, you. Well done, you. <laughs> thank you so much. Ah, lads, 16. 16 years old and she's organising that. That's Patricia. Thank you, Patricia, for that. Now, Magda. Hi, Magda. Hi PJ, how are you? Good. You're, you're organising another collection and you're organising to get it there too, I think. We do, we do. We're organising a collection for those poor people and um, we're also looking for um, shipping. Like we need help with shipping because we didn't expect to collect so much. People are so generous and so kind. Mm. Mm. Like, what, what is it that you need like, first of all and then like first of all we like we're very short with medical supplies like painkillers bandages like um everything that will help mm. because like we've loads of clothes and other stuff people yeah. like since nine o'clock yesterday so many people came with like full vans cars loaded up to the ceiling like we wasn't expecting that and we really really appreciate but as I said that's the most important painkillers bandages plasters uh, antiseptic creams and stuff like this and also baby formulas baby food mm-hmm. yeah. where, where is your company Magda? Um, like we based um, in Cork and Ballincolic. So, uh, but the collection is uh, in Ballycurry Industry Street, Industrial Estate, where Tidy Mechanicals is. And uh, we also want to say a big thank you to them for helping us with the storage. Fantastic. Now, I know just talking to Patricia there and from other people talking to us over the last couple of days, I don't think we realised just how much transport there is on a regular basis over land between... That's it, yeah. I think that's the problem because, as I said, we didn't expect to collect that much. Like, we actually have a full storage already and we're still collecting stuff from people today. So, like, we do have some, you know, kind of shipping organised, but that's not enough. Mm. What we're looking for here, I think, is a trucking company prepared to take a couple yeah. of loads. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I think, like, I've heard that the island is helping people who organise the stuff for them to ship. But as I said, mm. like, we we didn't hear that much. So mm. we just need help. Okay. It's, it's a road very well travelled by, by Irish volunteers over and back helping with Chernobyl and other such things so there's help there, there's guides there, there's someone who'll go with you and help you to get there and all that just need the transport, need the trucks, need the vans. Yeah, that's it, that's what, that's what we need and as I said, like a huge thank you to the all people in Ireland Polish, 
Irish. Like there was a lady yesterday, she brought what she have and she was literally roaring crying. Yeah. Because she was so emo- emotional, like myself and like, mm. to be honest, it's very, very sad. Oh, Magda, I know. Where, what part are you from, Magda? Where are you, where are you people from? Like, I'm from Gorzhov, which is like two hours drive to Germany. Okay. Okay. All right. And so, like, as I said, we need shipping. Whoever wants to help, just help us ship the stuff that we already collected. Okay. And I know there will be more stuff. Yeah, and like you said, you're two hours from, journey, from Germany to your city, yeah. and you can cross freely. Yeah. You could, like you literally draw the map for them. Like if you just want to, just take it there for us. Is that all you're asking? That's yeah, that's it. Like take what we have and help us to ship. And as I said, we have loads, but we still need more. I know medical supplies and baby formulas. That's what we need. Just commenting there to Patricia, Magda, that we've all, our Polish and Ukrainian friends have been living among us now for so many years. It's like they've always been here. But the depth of the friendship, I don't think we realised it until this week, did we? Yeah. Like, as I said, um, it's so, so sad. And like, everybody... I think at this stage, want this to be finished. Like, I have kids myself, and when I'm, like, watching the videos and stuff, it's just heartbreaking. My husband, he watched a video of a little girl, I think the age of five. The doctors tried to save her life, and they couldn't. And he literally cried like a baby. I swear to God, like, he's a big, strong man. And... It's just melt his heart. Yeah, that would break you. It would break you, Magda. And to see... It would, yeah. To see little girls... We just want this war to stop. Like, my daughter, she's nearly 13. And she's constantly talking about it. And, like, she also wants this to stop. Yeah. Like, we want this stop. Okay, Magda. Okay. You go take care. Do you have somebody with you there? I do, yeah, yeah, like, okay. I'm here okay. and collecting more stuff. There was also somebody just come with full van stuff. So we're just going to yeah. put the stuff away again. Okay. And R- we're going to do a bit R- of work. Remind me, it's the, which retail park is it once again, our industrial park? It's um, it's an industri- Ballycurran industrial oh, estate. Oh, up at the uh, just yeah, by the tidy mechanical sweepers. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, if anyone wants to bring stuff up there, you look after yourself, Magda. Yeah. A very upsetting time for anybody with any connection, particularly from that region of the world. That's Magda and uh, Ballycarine Industrial Estate. They're collecting up there. PJ, I've heard the Irish Red Cross saying multiple times yesterday that collections are great, but cash is what they need so it can be transferred easily to get at necessities. The Red Cross in the region know what they need, but they need cash to get the supplies. The thing about that is that's a very valid argument in a little while, but the supplies aren't there. Because if the supplies were there, the Red Cross would have them. The Red Cross don't have them because the supplies aren't there at the moment. So everything helps right now.
and crying listening to that woman. Yeah, she'd, she'd um, listening to those people would bring a tear to a stone. I was watching, there was a particular video going around in the last day or two of a little girl and her daddy was leaving her onto a train. The train was headed for the border and she was headed to the border and to safety on the train. But daddy was staying behind because not only is daddy not allowed leave, he's of fighting age. He's got to turn and fight. And he didn't know if he'd ever see his little girl again and she didn't know if she'd ever see her daddy again. You'll see that video. It would it would break your heart. I should mention the lovely people at Arish. It's a cafe and wine bar place down there in Clonakilty. And on Sunday, they did such a simple but such a wonderful thing. All of the tips, speaking of the Red Cross, all of the tips that they got on Sunday at Arish, they sent it straight through to the Polish Red Cross for help with the refugee effort. Lovely. That's really nice. And I guess there's probably loads of other people thinking like that would like to do something. You know, the tips or maybe takings or something uh, and send it. Yes, the Red Cross need cash, so get the cash to them. But that was lovely to see. We saw that last night. Arish, the cafe and wine bar down in Clonakilty did that. They had a, a collection, but they turned their tip jar into a collection box. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Every year, you join us to support a very worthy cause. And each time, we're astonished by your amazing generosity. If you need a light to shine in, I'll be there. The Cork's 96FM Giving for Living Radiothon returns May 26th to 28th for Cork Cancer Services. And I'll be there. And once again, we're asking you to include us in your diary. Include us in your diary. Start thinking now about fun ways to fundraise. You could also host a coffee break or fill one of our change collector boxes. I'll be everything you want to. I'll be there. The Giving for Living Radiothon. Supporting Cork Cancer Services. May 26th to 28th. Only on Cork's 96FM. Yeah, let us know of anybody who's doing something generous like... They did in Arish in Clonakilty. Or if you're listening to me in a cafe or a restaurant right now and you think it would be a good idea, let us know and we will mention it for you and be happy to do so to see just what we can do for our friends in that part of the world. We'll come back to Ukraine later. Definitely, uh, if we hear from Vika at any point, last time we heard from Vika... She could virtually see the border ahead of her, but she was still stuck in a line of traffic and getting nowhere. It had speeded up a little and then slowed down again. But we're in constant contact with her uh, through WhatsApp message. So if we do hear from her before the end of the programme, you will be uh, the first to know. Um, The hope is that she'll get over the border into Poland soon. Now, we'll come back to all of this later. But when I go to a story, a developing story about a wind farm that is proposed for County Cork. Patrick Murphy from the Irish South and West Fish Producers Organisation 
joins me. Good to talk to you again, uh, Patrick. What What is the story? Good morning to you. This is the Inish, Inishagla Energy Park. Hi, good morning, PJ, and good morning to the listeners. And, and first of all, we, uh, we offer condolences to any loss of life in, in, in the conflict in the okay. Ukraine. It's terrible. Okay. Absolutely terrible. Okay. So back to the wind farms. Um, yeah, we, we, we have spent 18 months, I was reminded yesterday, of speaking to the various companies that are uh, intending on applying for and looking for uh, wind farms off our coastline. Um, the way we describe it, looking at the maps, it's like a nexus that's going to surround our country of of um, massive wind farms and offshore wind farms. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to have a huge effect um, on everything and a, and a change, I think, in the future of, of all our lives, um, whether it is visually, whether it is energy providing and whether it's a change to the ecosystem of the marine life. But certainly it's going to have a massive impact on the fishing communities once again that's around our shoreline. You well, know? Why is that? I mean, Patrick, we're told that wind is the way for us. We can generate so much sustainable energy using the wind, and particularly using offshore wind at sea. So so where is the problem for, for you guys? Well, first of all, you're not going to have two coexisting in the same area, regardless of what people might say. That's That's number one. There's science that's being developed and understood now as we move forward, as we learned from this new technology and the changes that this will mean for the marine environment and the change to the biosensitivity of the different areas that they're going into, PJ. Like, and as I said, this is a new technology, so sure. we're, only, we're only seeing the effects of this in other sea basins um, as they've been put in there, you know? So, so are you saying, Patrick, that a big offshore wind farm generating power, power that's needed on land, are you saying that that's not compatible with fishing grounds? I'm saying that there's questions over it. I'm saying I'm talking to the wind farm operators. I'm not getting any look talking to our government and the marine spatial planning document that was brought out that I spent a lot of time working on. Would you believe it doesn't include fishing or aquaculture in the legal protection under, we're mentioned in the right, but we're not protected under legislation. So what are your concerns? The way I describe it now, PJ, everybody would be familiar with the rainforest in Brazil where the local people there are being pushed out of their historic homes and out of the forest. They're being moved aside for what they call is progress and planting new foods and new, new, new things that the world seems to require, like coconut trees or whatever else, their rubber plantations, whatever the world seems to, to, to require. And the indigenous people of the area seems to be pushed aside. I'm afraid the fishermen could be falling into that category of Ireland. And Mm. we're already facing annihilation of 30% of our boats are to be scrapped. Imagine, Mm. scrapped. The flotilla we brought up and that you covered, PJ. We we warned of what was coming, and it's coming. Like, one in three of those fantastic ships that people spent all their lives trying to attain, investing everything they had in it, Mm. are going to be swiped away from the now and, and crushed like a, like a beer can or like a coke can, right? And, and, and the, the, the worst thing. The, the conversation we had, just, just for relevance, the, convers- yeah. the conversation, or for reference rather, the conversation that we had when the Russian military exercise looked like it might encroach onto your fishing ground. Are you saying that where they want to put this wind farm encroaches on a fishing ground? Is that what you're saying? Well, PJ, look, let, let's look at the technology. You're going to have a big, massive uh, turbine, right? That's going to be seen for 
hundreds of miles like these things are huge. These are not small little wind farms. These are massive, mm-hmm. massive mm-hmm. structures in the sea. But each one of them has to have a cable to connect it. And each one of those cables connects to all the other um, wind farms around the area, like a spider's web, and then it has to come ashore. Yes. So here's what I'd ask you, PJ, right? You know that there's going to be an electrical current and a vibration from those cables right across the, the, the sea ground, right? Okay. This is into an area where fish spawn, the babies, mm-hmm. the embryos, this tiny little sacks of life that's created where the fish put down the ground. Do you think that there's a possibility that they could have an effect on those embryos? Uh, now that you put it that way, Patrick, I see your point. So you don't you know species, is the answer. Yeah, yeah. So you've, you've, you've a species that has been going into an area, settling into the ground where, you know, for various reasons of food and gravel and, and the substructure of, of the seabed floor. And now you're going to have an electrical cable running through it. You think that's going to have an effect on the fish? And what do you get or what response do you get when you try to put this to government or you try to put this to the developers of the wind farm? Well, you see, this is the beauty of it. We put this to them and we're told, put in a consultation, just like I'm talking to you and over here. But then that's it. So we've we've sufficiently ticked the box. There's your consultation. Thanks very much. Move on. Mm. And Thank where you. is the science on it? I mean, I take it people are researching the effects because these things are springing up the world over it's producing well, the, current the, off the shore is the way forward like yeah well you see I'm being sent now because of my interest in this because obviously we have an interest because this is another front for the fishermen to face so the researchers from the helmets zenith herons have found uh, uh, ships in air flows and sea currents already connected with wind farms and, 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 and air streams right so the, the the real repercussions of that is what I would say is it changes the temperature of the water on the surface. It changes the wind flow. This is, has a huge effect on phytoplankton and marine life. Do you know what I mean? Now, I'm involved in aquaculture for 30 years, so I understand some of this science as well, too. And I have a fierce um, danger of morning lights going off in my head. But PJ, here's the difference between me and most people. I'm willing to sit down with the government and the wind farms and be at the table, right? Put forward our knowledge and try and work through these. Because as I've said to the wind farms, there could be alternatives here. Yeah. So we're being told, PJ, that... But, 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 but I think people are saying, people are asking on the phone here, Patrick, they're saying, is he saying something will happen to fish or something might happen to fish? Do we actually know what happens to them? This is the thing. We have asked the minister for to look into this science. We've seen that the fishing boats from their activities on the seabed is being accused of throwing enough carbon up back into the environment as the planes that fly overhead. That is nonsense, right? That, that is complete and utter nonsense. That is the truth, mm. right? Because, first of all, if anybody looks out into the horizon today, go on to say, how many boats will you see? You know, and you see a little dot on the horizon and they're going to say that all oh, the seabed where you see that boat and miles yeah. around it. No, I think what, 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 someone's on the phone, Patrick, and, and the question they're, they're asking is, look, what, what exactly is he saying could happen to fish? Like, will they stop breeding? Will they stop thriving? What? Yes, well, you see, this is my fear. Of course, that you can see that something will be changed and altered. We see the responses and from in... Newland that they said that the the difference just a very simple difference PJ the fish moved away off ground because they didn't like what was happening there so other marine life came in and took over right they changed the balance they changed the biostructure of the area so sure. crabs and lobsters thrived why because there was no fish to eat their larvae gotcha. you see so so then more of them survived but there was less fish 
you know, people are on about boats going up into the harbours, you know, and they're catching small sprats. But those small sprats yeah. are like hoovers. They eat all the larvae and eggs of all the other fish. So you see, there's a knock-on effect. Nature is so, so the fish we like to eat and the fish that you guys fish for... Depend on. They, they, they leave and others yeah. move in to replace them, kind of the way... Well, hopefully. Run. You see, that, that's the way we're... But you see, that's a positive. So what we need to do is to work with the scientists and everything else and to see, right, can you put seagrass inside there? Can you entice other sea life in there? Can you change it to manage the seabed and manage the structures okay. that it isn't all bad? Because we do need the energy. Sure. There's no denying I, I think that we what, need the what, energy. Well, I'm getting at now the number of it, Patrick. You're the people, if you want, you're the people who know the sea. You're the people who farm the sea. You're the people who understand the sea and the ways of the sea. And you feel pushed back from the table. You don't no, feel No, we're not listened. at the table. Okay, Jack, I'm, I'm going to make this quite clear now yeah. to everybody who's listening. Yeah. We are not at the table. We we're trying to get at the table. We'll sit down with everybody. And this is a cost of our members. We pay for this ourselves, sure, right? Sure, Somebody sure. has to finance this. So there's, we're being told there's billions of euros out there that this is going to create. We've been told by the European Commission that there's a trillion euros going to be invested in this type of technology. Yet the people on the ground, us, the Aborigines, or us, the, the Native Americans, or us, the, the Brazilian rainforest people, the dwellers, are being treated like that. You move off because it's for the greater good, but no compensation for you, no help for you. You go out of business, find something else to do. Or we might hire you on the wind farms. I think that's wrong. I think society should treat us better than that. And I think our society should realise, now like we see in war and conflict, food is very important to us. Mm. And you're leaving the people who are collecting that food being pushed off the ground, and who's going to catch it afterwards? Who's going to supply the food, lads? This is real critical now at this juncture, because remember what I said. We've only 180 boats left to catch this fish. There's a, the, there's a movement now to destroy 60 of those boats. Yeah. There's only 120 left. And PJ, I'm telling everybody that listens to me, this is the end of the Irish fishing industry. Because we won't have young people coming into it. We won't have the skill set going into it. We're going to see what happened, our building industry, happened to our fishing industry. It'll die right in front of our eyes. Yeah. And we've the richest fishing grounds in the world. 29% of the waters of Europe, and we're only given 5% of the white fish to catch. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it, you wouldn't believe it. If somebody's put this in front of you, it'd be like J.K. Rowling with one of her books to the first publisher saying, Lads, this doesn't make any sense. It's, it's not happening. Yeah. It's science fiction. There's but a few happening. people ringing in now to agree with you, Patrick. On land, a wind farm, they've got to research the effects on forestry and on creatures. It doesn't make sense that they don't have to do that at, at sea. Patrick, who can, who is in the position, who has the power, as they say, to turn around now and say, okay, fishermen, come to the table. Let's talk to you. What are you worried about? So we have different agencies, again, of different departments in the government, you know, that you have to go to. It's like I spoke to you about the atypical workers. Like, So we have four or five different agencies. Who do we go to? That's the question government has to answer. That's our leaders in, in our government to say, well, you know, we're going to protect the same rights of our own citizens as we're, we're professing to, to, to protect in other foreign countries. We, we deserve to be protected as well. And we are under extinction levels here. And that's no joke. Like, I'm not saying this flippantly. The evidence is there. Like, people can travel around the coastline and see where the ones they've seen fishing villages thriving, fishing boats everywhere. No, 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 They're no, gone. No, 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 no. I don't think that anybody is disagreeing with you about that, Patrick. But in terms of who should bring you to the table to discuss with groups like the, the, the 
Inishagla Energy Park. Like so who would you believe that it's 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 um, the Minister for Housing and is is I think given this brief, Mr. O'Brien, Dara O'Brien. It's not the Minister for Agriculture and Fisheries, Mr. McConnell. It's been taken from him under the Marine Spatial Planning. Look, I, I, we, we work oh. with Damien in English. <laughs> this is the, that's starting to sound like something not a yes minister. Or, like, I love the quote, in fairness, because I thought he was the bri- most brilliant man for satire, was Dermot Morgan, like Father Ted. And I see a lot of what's happening, to be honest with you. And I'm just going, that's the only way I can explain it. Right. An episode from Father Ted. All right. You know what I'll do? I'll leave it there, Patrick. And thank you for that. Again, the concerns of, of the fishermen. Is anybody listening to them? Because their industry is bordering on goose. And, and here they are again with a massive offshore wind farm planned. A, a, a necklace of them. Which we need to generate sustainable electricity. But they're saying, okay, fine, grand. We all know we need electricity. Great, but what's going to happen to our work? Our workplace? They're entitled to know the answer to that, surely. 0818 96 96 96. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. The number three nail salon in Castletown Bear is doing a collection today until 12 for Ukraine. Looking for medical supplies hygiene products etc anything that you can give will be uh, very well accepted or very well appreciated lots of comments coming into it but just listening to the stories the personal stories of families and people involved DJ we need to be careful this is interesting we need to be careful donating baby formula it needs to be prepared in sterile conditions It'll become increasingly difficult to have access to things like sterile bottles or boiled water. It is better to send money if possible and volunteers on the ground can buy necessary foodstuff if and when it's needed. Which is a very valid point. It's an exceptionally good point and money will be always welcome. No one's ever going to turn down money. But what we understand from our contacts in the region at the moment, and we've got a lot of them, is the shops are empty. There's nothing there. Things are being looted. They just haven't got access to anything. So if we can get things to them, actual things, money is no good if you the things aren't there to buy. So I think everything helps at this stage, but thank you. They're like our brothers and sisters. Great to hear Mary O'Kane as well yesterday talking about the children. We're all bewildered, even the adults Patricia too, what a sweetheart making us feel so humble. This is 16-year-old Patricia organising collections, talking to her in the past hour. And we're also rooting for Vika. Well done for keeping in contact with her to keep her spirits up. As I said, she can, the last we heard, she can practically see the border. Um, but it's another traffic jam. And they've been sitting in traffic jams now for a couple of days. So if we do hear anything, you'll be the next to know as it were. Lots more coming in. 0818 96 96 96 083 396 96 96 and we are, we've opened a file now here. We've opened a, a little database that we can keep tabs on what is happening and who is collecting and where they're sending it to and what they need. 
I gave you before news, Gels Dooglish are having a collection point as well. With all, It's the same list all the time. Back to that, back to that a little later. But yesterday we were talking about the start of Eating Disorders Week. We were talking to Bodywise uh, that this is Eating Disorders Week. We got a message afterwards from Maria. Uh, Maria would like to discuss more a condition called ARFID, A-R-F-I-D, which stands for... Actually, you tell me, Maria, what does it stand for and how does it affect you? Good morning. Hi. Um, well, ARFID, it stands for Avoidance Restrictive Food Intake Disorder. Um, it used to be known as Selective Eating Disorder. I don't know why they changed it. Maybe it's just more descriptive, but it's kind of something I've been dealing with my whole life. Like I'm 30 now and I've had it my whole life. It's not, I think it's quite different to other eating disorders in that way. Mm. Um, although you can, can acquire it like as well. It was officially recognised as an eating disorder, I think around 2013. How, how does it affect you, Maria? Um, God, like I suppose growing up, I was always told, oh, I'm a picky eater. And, you know, had issues with that. And then just even staying over friends' houses and being asked for dinner, there's the panic that sets in because you don't want to be rude. But I get, like, I suppose it affects my physical health in the fact that the things that I'm most, like, averse to would be, I suppose, vegetables and it's mostly the texture. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm not getting enough nutrients there. And then my mental health, because I'm stressed about not being healthy and it causes me a lot of anxiety and then also my social health I suppose like some people mightn't think about it but like a lot of times when you go out it's either you go to the pub or as you go for food and you know it's kind of like my friends are all great they're really understanding they'll always try and make sure there's something I can eat where we do go mm-hmm. but I can't help but feel like an inconvenience and it would just be easier if I could just eat anything mm-hmm. And you said about, say, the texture of vegetables. Yeah. And when I was doing a little bit of reading about this before I knew we'd be talking to you this morning, um, even something that you know you love to eat, you physically cannot bring yourself to eat it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Like, even, like, there's some stuff, like, I've never tried and I just, I don't know if I could bring myself to eat it. Like... Uh, shellfish now I don't think I could I, I just don't know if I could at the moment but like I know I like the flavor of like things like onions mm-hmm. but the texture if they're like in the dish and they're not soft or if even if I can see them then that kind of makes me panic it's yes. kind of like a phobia but it I makes my just, body react just saying that yeah it's almost like it's almost like you're afraid of 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 of, of a certain kind of food yeah, okay. it's it's strange. Like I'll try and because I can I can see someone eating. Like we just stick with onions. I can see somebody eating them in their food, and they might offer me some. And it's like I'm trying to tell myself like it's not going to kill you. People are eating it, you know. But it's like my body starts to react in that it's afraid, and right. it. And what kind of reaction just, would you have? It's kind of like my stomach will get tense and my throat will tighten up and like prepare to vomit, I suppose, as soon as it goes, you know, as soon as I attempt to eat it, even though I know it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah. is it all the normal foods that we would have, like up in the morning, coffee and toast, boiled egg, in the daytime, a sandwich for your lunch, in dinner time, a bit of chicken, a few potatoes, like, are they the ordinary things that we all eat that you have these reactions um, like, to? It depends. It actually depends from person to person. Hmm. Um, myself, like, I know some people would only have, like, I think I read some people would only have like 20 safe foods, so foods they feel comfortable eating. Sure. For me, I don't think I'm that restrictive, but it's still tough. And like like I said, it's mostly texture, so I could have stuff in smoothies or in soups, and that's fine. Like I can have vegetable soup, no problem. Nice. But if it's, if it's not like a blended, then that's where I have the issue. Um, and then, like I said as well, it depends on the person. So I had a roommate in college who, she was vegetarian, and one of the main reasons was she didn't like the texture of meat, but it wasn't a disorder for her because that lifestyle was accepted and she was getting what she needed from her food. Yeah. Is, am I right in saying that you're also, uh, you also have ASD? Because it sounds a bit like a sensory thing with you. Yeah, it's definitely like it's definitely sensory, and it's one of the reasons. Like, I went to try and get a, a diagnosis for ASD, so I only got the diagnosis. I've only been diagnosed kind of a year, and even then, it's not official because I kind of got it through a mental health service in the HSC, okay. but they don't have an adult team for sure. diagnosis, so I can't officially get it done. But it so made, it made I was sense hoping, to you, did it? Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the things that kind of made me think that maybe that might be a thing. And it's like it's it has affected my life a lot and it causes me a lot of stress and grief. And I know a lot of that is brought on by myself just worrying about it. But, you know, I can't help but worry about my health and everything like that. Yeah. And it, with the ARFID, it's it's a different kind of eating disorder in that you, you can eat and you do eat, but your eating is very restricted. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not, like I know people who have it, they can be underweight or they can be overweight, depending on what foods they eat. Um, personally, I'm a healthy weight now. I've never been underweight. I was kind of, like I've, I've never been overweight either, but... I've actually gone to see a nutritionist myself because of the condition and how it was affecting me because I wanted, I was afraid I wasn't being healthy enough or, you know, I was worried about what I was eating. Mm -hmm. And due to that, now I've kind of come back down to a normal weight, mm -hmm. um, one that I'm comfortable with, but it's, I'm still kind of, I still wish I could eat more and eat more healthily, yeah. but like that's the only thing I could think to do um, that might be able to help. So the nutritionist, she's been great and she kind of worked with me to um, figure out what I could eat, like what meals I could plan and then sure. what supplements I could take to, you know, account, like make up for what I was missing. Yeah, because you have nutritional deficiencies because of the things that you're, you're condition will not allow you to eat and let's 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 put it into a simple term this condition that you have yeah. does not you allow to, allow you to eat certain things and before I I'm going to talk to an expert about it in just a second but but before I do what I think your message um, Maria is I'm not a picky eater I'm not fussy I'm not crying I just can't eat that yeah 
Yeah, like I wanted to talk about it because like a lot of people just think, oh, you're just being picky. And there's still that attitude of, no, you just need to sit them down and put the food in front of them and not leave them leave until they finish. But it's a case of where if and that environment then makes things worse, because I know for me, the anxiety actually makes the effort worse. And then there's days where I'd be anxious and I'd be even more restrictive in what I feel I could eat. So there's foods that I might feel safe other days if I'm having a really bad time, okay. then suddenly they're not safe for me and it's frustrating in that as oh, well. So the more stressed you get, the more fearful you get, the more fearful yeah. you get, the less you can eat. Yeah, and it's like my my mind focuses then on what the sort the texture or the experience of eating things and then it will like it overthinks it and then suddenly it's like no I can't eat that even though I've been able to eat it <laughs> all along. Sure, sure. Um, and and you could yeah. be sitting there very hungry and not able to eat. Yeah. Like there's been sometimes where I've got so stressed about not eating healthy and then the only option I feel like I can eat is unhealthy and I'd feel so ashamed and guilty that I just wouldn't eat then because I feel like I'm I'm hurting myself. But in that, then I am hurting myself. But I haven't had that since I've gone to the, the nutritionist because I know okay. that like I'm doing I'm as healthy as I can be for me right now, which is something that I'm trying to you know work on. Okay, stay there and feel free to listen in. I'm going to bring in Jacqueline Campion. We talked to her on the opinion line before. She's from the Marino therapy center and she has a podcast as well Jacqueline listening to Maria's story there I had no idea what ARFID was it was only listed as an eating disorder less than 10 years ago but it's got an awful effect on her life good morning good morning PJ thanks so much for having me on and thanks so much for Maria just for bravely sharing like that and absolutely like you know it's it's as I said it's, it's relatively new in terms of entering the diagnostic but it's it's always been there. We've always been experiencing it. But as Maria was even bravely speaking about there, the, the shame that can go with it because we're not always speaking about it. And as I've kind of mentioned before, like when it comes to eating disorders, we would kind of like to simplify the kind of whole umbrella term in terms of like it's the distress around food. And it can get so complicated because like even as Maria was was sharing there, you know, you, you try to rationalize the irrational and then you can even feel more frustrated, more distressed. And then it goes into this vicious cycle of these behaviors that on the outside looking in, if we don't have the understanding that the behavior is information, that there's much more going on with the thinking. And I would even say with the feeling, but even when there's very strong behaviors, it's hard to even, you know, label what's going on with the feeling because the mind is so quick and so chaotic and there's so much fear as you spoke about, you know, and it just, it's, it's, can really it's really debilitating you can feel quite silly you know because on the outside looking in like you said people often just kind of say you're picky eating and like just sit down there but in terms of even with sensory and the crossover even with like neurodiversity it's it requires that multidisciplinary approach of even just look first of all that there's no shame that you're not your behaviors the behaviors are information about what's going on underneath and often it's given us information with the relationship with ourselves and our mind learning the self-knowledge, learning about ourselves and how we can support ourselves because it's challenging, but it's possible to free yourself from, from that distress. So, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. I think even just Maria share and mm. we'll, we'll put a lot of people even at ease to kind of say, oh, right, okay, 
I'm not the only one with this, you know, so what can we do about it? Yeah, I, I think I think there's probably going to be someone sitting listening to us thinking, hang on, that's me, mm. they're describing me. Particularly mm. the bit where Maria said that if she comes under pressure to, like someone might say, cop on, it's just food. She comes under pressure that actually shortens the list of things she can eat. Mm. Now, as I said, I want to be very mindful of making any direct comments, of, you know, towards Maria. Of course. I, I, I have no idea. And, I, you know, I just want to be quite respectful of that. But that's, you know, it's such a well-articulated point in terms of, like, the understanding there that it's so important to be getting more. You know, I would always kind of, when working with clients, bring it to the three A's of awareness, acceptance, action. And it's even bringing much more awareness. Okay, like, how is my self-talk? Because even when it comes to, you know, um, obviously it's quite sensory and um, it can be impact. Like I said, it, the, the textures, that even the thought of it, every thought is creating a different chemical reaction happening in the body. So when you have a lot of kind of, I can't and I shouldn't and I need to, or even like I have to and this is silly, it can create a lot of adrenaline and cortisol in the body. And as Maria was describing, it actually, cut, the body will then be shutting down and it will be closing up because it's going into almost like a, a, it's a self-defense mode because it's seeing there's like, okay, this is dangerous. So it is about relearning, you know, to actually connect with the body because when we're that distressed around with food, it's actually looking at what's not happening. We're not connected with the body. We're not present. We're not supporting ourselves. We're not being gentle with ourselves. So it's bringing awareness to kind of what's happening at the moment and how we could, okay, what if I was being a best friend to myself? So it's not about sitting someone down and say, right, okay, come on now, let's just have it all in one go. It is about slowly but surely exposing ourselves to the fears and learning the kind of tools to support ourselves and, and saying, okay, like, this is a false evidence appearing real. But it does it does take time, mm. but it is possible. Here's, um, here's a message so straight away. And I, I think in a way this this is kind of what we anticipated might happen. And Maria, you're still you're still there. You can still hear me reading this. That eating disorder you're talking about, I have it. Today I can eat something. Tomorrow I can't even swallow it. The textures of food drive my mouth crazy. It's mad. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for highlighting it and for giving some advice. I think just to wrap with it, I guess, Jacqueline, there is help out there. If someone feels this way, where should they go? Absolutely. Like I was mentioned there, you know, the, the Call It Out podcast there is there's three seasons dedicated and it's addressing all different distresses. So the disorders that are labelled, it's teaching you how to actually free yourself and different tips and tools to actually um, gain greater knowledge about yourself, your mind, the body and emotions. So you can actually practice some tips and tools. So that might be a helpful resource for people. We have group sessions every Tuesday evening over Zoom, 7.30 to 9, marinotherapycentre.com if there's any more information. But the Call It Out podcast, it's a free resource there and someone might find it helpful and be able to, to resonate. And thanks for Maria even for just sharing so courageous. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. See there, her own experiences. Indeed. Maria, thank you for that. And, um... I hope it wasn't too stressful for you to talk about it, but thank you for being with us this morning. And and indeed, uh, Jacqueline, thank you, Jacqueline Campion from the Marino Therapy Centre. And as I said to Maria, also who has ARFID, uh, A-R-F-I-D. And we're getting a couple of messages of people who can identify with it. Thank you both. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Cork's 96FM. Now, today's 1st of March. It's also Shrove Tuesday, Pancake Tuesday. It's 46 days to Easter Sunday and 47 days to Easter Monday and on Easter Monday there will be a fundraiser in West Cork it's a fundraiser in memory of a man called Dennis Caniff Dennis was a farmer young, strong, fit healthy farmer and Dennis passed away only last October and I've been speaking to his wife Kate about that and about the fundraiser Kate, first of all, my condolences. I know it's last October, but my sincere condolences on on the loss of Dennis. He was so young. Yeah, he was very young. Um, and thank you very much for your kind words. You know, um, Dennis was he was thirty seven when he passed away, so he was. Um, he will be. He will will be thirty eight in July. So mm. very young man, and I suppose something that you don't think something at that age will land on your door. No, you don't. You, you weren't long married. Um, we got married in September just before he passed away, so we were seven weeks married. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. They were the happiest seven weeks that we ever had, so I'm very grateful for that time that we got. Yeah. He got glioblastoma, which we've heard about, but tell us what it is. Um, glioblastoma, it's a stage four terminal brain tumor, brain cancer. Um, and it is a devastating diagnosis with a very poor prognosis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but, you know, you, you don't think something like this is ever going to affect somebody that's in the prime of their life, you know. Mm-hmm. When was he diagnosed? He was diagnosed in June 2020 and, you know, Dennis, he had complained about a headache and, you know, I suppose that the headache didn't go away and subsequently within the week he was, um, they had found the brain tumour 
Um, and then that was followed by a diagnosis then that it was malignant. Yeah. In fairness, Dennis had an amazing team of doctors in CUH. He had an amazing neurosurgeon, Mr. Mohammed Kamal. Um, he had an amazing oncologist, Dr. Seamus O'Reilly. And I think that... I they tell you not to go on Google, we didn't. And you can... I think if you accept the prognosis, you're going to have a very different journey. And we decided not to accept the prognosis. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to go through the treatment and go day by day and see where where that brings you to. So um, they will try everything. And I suppose that with every illness, you know, there's a lot of other factors there, you know, your status of your health and, you know, your age everything um but i think it was one of the oncologists had explained to me maybe that when you don't really if you don't respond to the first line of treatment then you know it's if they don't have had other options for you that's where it starts getting you know i suppose a bit doing a bit different story then i suppose you tried he had surgery and many treatments, but you tried everything, didn't you? We tried everything and we never ran. We were fortunate enough that Dennis was a highly, highly intelligent individual. And he had, he worked as a veterinary pharmaceutical rep. So he had a background in pharmaceuticals and we went and done our own research because there's always clinical trials, there's always drugs in development. Mm-hmm. And we decided to create options for ourselves. Yeah. And that gave us hope. And that's what kept us going. Yeah. He kept working. Helping out on the family farm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so um, that's what Dennis done. Um, I think he got a he had surgery and he was home maybe after three days. And shortly followed that, he was back milking the cows. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, very fortunate with his surgeries that he didn't have, I suppose, any side effects and he came out of them perfect and just had a very, very, we were just very lucky with the neurosurgeon that took on Dennis's case. Um, He was top class and thankfully Dennis didn't have any deficits. Excellent. Excellent. Which that was, you take every positive in that situation, don't you? You do, yes, and I mean, the glass, I would always been the optimist, Dennis would have been the realist, mm-hmm. and I think together, you know, we, that's what kept us going, and Dennis had, had great faith even before he got sick, um, his faith was unbelievable, especially for someone so young, since I knew him, yeah. and the clergy, whether it be Father Pierce McCormack in CUH, or Father mm-hmm. Kingston in Bandon, or Father Gould Delay, um, just were fantastic to Dennis. Mm-hmm. And he took great solace in that, so he did. Mm. How long did you know each other? When did you meet? Uh, 24th of February 2014. So nearly, would be eight years. It's actually eight years today that you met? Yeah. Crikey. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't realise that until you gave me I the I didn't d- realise the date either. I, I, I'm, time's passing me by these days, so I, I only just seen it there. 
there was something special there from the start? There was, yeah, yeah. I met him in Cork City. I was, I'm from Sligo originally mm. and I had a sister living in West Cork so I was down to visit and I met Dennis on the night out and we hit it off like a house on fire and uh, eventually he persuaded me to move to the Rebel County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I came down to him then and yeah, no, we were, we were great friends so we were and yeah. he was a brilliant person but yeah, um, I was very, very fortunate that he came into my life, I think. On our wedding day, our local parish priest um, in Sligo, Father Noel Rooney, he spoke about how astronomically small the chances were me being from Sligo, Dennis, from being West Cork meeting. And he truly believed our paths were meant to cross. Mm. They do say that happens sometimes, I guess. Yeah. I think so. I try to believe that anyways. How do you feel about losing him so young? And you could be, you one could be forgiven for being terribly angry and bitter, but you're not. I take a lot of strength from Dennis, hmm. um, a lot of comfort. And I think with him, he never... He used to tell the doctors he had a lot of living to do. Mm-hmm. And he never wallowed or complained. And I think someday I, I said to him, maybe, why us? And he said, why me? And he said, but why not me, Kate? And it's hard. I miss him terribly. But I suppose I have to have faith that he is he's somewhere a lot happier, maybe. Yeah. I always tell people that. His sickness is gone. Yeah. The, the decision to get married with just weeks to go. Well, it wasn't a decision to get married with just weeks to go. Um, Dennis had actually proposed to me um, in January 21. Okay. And at that stage, he was doing very, very well. I see. And when he wanted to get married in Sligo. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I said, it's fine. So we, the date that the, that was available was 11th of September. And we said, that's our date and we're getting married on that date. Mm-hmm. And that was our goal and we got there. Mm-hmm. So um, Dennis, Dennis's death was very sudden and unexpected. So we always say with them that he was on the road fighting when he died. So Okay. So it was unexpected in the end. That must have been even harder. I think he's very fortunate that he was wasn't he wasn't very sick, and that he wasn't told that there was no more treatment options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was for a big, strong guy. That was the better way. If there is a better way. If there is a better way, maybe. I suppose the Lord was kind to him in the end. Talk to me about the, the fundraiser, uh, Easter Monday at Bandon Mart. The idea, first of all, how did, why Bandon Mart? Bandon Mart is Dennis's local mart. Um, and it's somewhere we would have actually visited every Easter Monday. Um, as I said, Dennis was, he worked for Hippra Pharmaceuticals. Mm. He was well renowned in the veterinary pharmaceutical world. Um, he'd done ag science in UCD mm-hmm. and he'd, and then obviously he came from a farm, farming background. He had 
a manly farm part-time. Dennis wanted to raise funds for breakthrough cancer research. He had heard Patricia Flynn, who's running a research program into glioblastoma at the moment. And Dennis said that he wanted to raise funds and he had talked about auctioning off um, some livestock mm-hmm. for it through Bandamart. And when he passed, I wanted a fitting tribute to Dennis. I wanted to keep his memory alive. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great diversion for me as well, and a great focus. Yeah. And it's for a good cause. So it'll be an auction. It's an auction. So it's a Mart day. Um, so the normal Mart will run in the morning and then Band and Mart have opened their sales ring to us and there's no commission, no charges and it'll be the same as your normal Mart except there'll be a mixed sale and everything that's made on all the animals sold is going through breakthrough cancer research. Yeah. Breakthrough cancer research are just, they're fantastic. They, they give hope to people. Yeah that are in hopeless situations because I think when you see research is key and I think at every stage and in every illness, every treatment was at a trial stage and there's so little done with brain cancer that it's fantastic to see this been done and it's fantastic that it's been done in Cork as well. Yes, yes. Now on the day, uh, Tommy Heffernan, I've heard of this guy Bit of a character in veterinary circles. <laughs> Tommy's brilliant. He was actually a great friend of Dennis's. They worked together yeah. um, in the industry. Um, Tommy knew Dennis very well. Mm. And he's been very, very generous in giving us his time to come down. He'll be doing MC in the day. He'll be jumping into the auction box as well. <laughs> and where are the lots going to come from? Is it people donating? We're appealing to farmers to donate that um, if they would consider, if you know, um, donating maybe any any livestock to the mart. And mm-hmm. you know, as I said, all the sales, each raise wood are, is going to a great cause. Yeah. Which is something there as well. Um, PJ, we also have Timmy McCarthy. Um, Timmy was an ex car curler and he's over, I think, the Castle Lions Directions Dairy Farmer. And Timmy's coming down on the day. He's also going to be there and he'll be jumping into the auction box as well. So he's been very generous at his time as well to come on board. Excellent. We'll give out the number after. But but how are are you now? I mean, will this be a difficult day for you? It will be, it will be hard. It'll be hard not having Dennis there. I was also in the March wishing, but I just hope that he will be happy with what we're doing and I hope that he'll be I've, I've, he'll be there with us in spirit. I believe he'd be watching down on us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing okay, day by day. Yeah. Steps. I think something that we've learned, you know, you know, we'll be in June, by the time April comes around in June, we'll be two years into Dennis's journey. Yeah. And I think I suppose been unfortunate enough to see how precious life is. So, Dennis never wallowed. He never wanted us to wallow. And you just have to try your best for him and to try and keep going. Yeah. But no, I'm doing okay. Good. Good. Well, I wish you well. I wish you continued doing okay. Thank you so much, PJ. It's up and down, day by day. Some days are easier than others and some days are harder. And have you a support around you? 
I do. I do. Yeah. Plenty of support. Lots of great friends. And there's a great community in Bandon and a great community in Sligo. And both our families are fantastic to both of us. So good. Yeah. And it's been that way since Dennis has got sick. We're truly blessed. Well, you take care of yourself. Um, good luck I with will. the auction. Okay. And we'll talk again sometime. We will. Thank you so much, PJ. Take care. That's uh, Kate Caniff. The Bandon Mart, the number if you want to contact Bandon Mart for any information on that fundraiser or to be a part of it. 023-884-1151. 023-884-1151. And you might have noticed during the course of that interview that I mentioned it was the 24th of February and I said today, just so you know, we recorded that interview in advance of the 24th of February to be broadcast on the 24th of February and then the war happened and it got rescheduled until today and that's why that happened. Well thank you to Kate and uh, our condolences to her and to the Dennis's family and friends and Easter Monday at Bandenmart that fundraiser in aid of Breakthrough Cancer Research. Again if you want more information 023 884 1151 the Corks 96 FM Cash Cow. With Man Point for fashion, film, food, and fun. Don't wait till the cows come home. Get moving to Man Point. See manpointsc.ie. Right, you got the password from Casey and Ross this morning. Let us know what it is now and give us your name. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. We're big contestant and play the game next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael with an update on Cork's entertainment. The Magnetic Fields have announced the Cork show as part of their Autumn World Tour coming to Cypress Avenue on Thursday, September 8th. Tickets are on sale Friday at 10am from the Old Oak and cypressavenue.ie to celebrate their 40th anniversary, Aslan performed two shows at the Opera House as part of a massive national tour taking place on the 8th and 9th of April. Tickets are on sale now for the shows from the Opera House box office or corkoperahouse.ie. Access All Areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Angela. Hi, PJ. How are you? How are you, girl? You know that if you hear that sound again, finish it for me. If the cow moves... You lose. You lose. And so far, we haven't had the cow moo on the opinion line yet. And I'd love to get to the end of another week without that happening. I have some money here. You're going to hear amounts called out or mood out, uh, as the case may be, and then you can tell me to stop and take the money, or you can play on and see is there more there. There could also be less, but remember, Angela, if the cow moves, you lose. Are you ready to play? I'm up and kicking, PJ. Good for you. Here we go. 150 euro. What do you want to do? Play. You're going to play. 150. It's a good start. Let's see where it goes. 50 euro. Oh my goodness. Um, oh, I'll 
I stop. You'll stop and you'll take it. All right. Yes, please. Yeah, well, we got. Think. Let's see what we. Let's see what comes next. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant, DJ. Thank you so much. You got your 250. Well done. Thank you so much to you and all your gang. All right, listen. We'll put you back onto Fiona there. We'll get details how to get it to you and all that. Cheers, Angela. Another winner on the opinion line with the cash cow. And remember, cash cow continues this afternoon with Simon, then with Lorraine. Right across the day, you get the password in the morning. If you missed the password already today, you might, I say might, just get it by searching around Cork's 96 FM's Instagram. It's the 96 FM Cash Cow with Mahan Point. Catch a movie, explore over 60 stores and shop till the cows come home on Thursdays and Fridays. See mahanpointsc.ie for more deets. The competition only on Cork's 96 FM. I'll run through at some stage between now and quitting time as many as you like of places where they're collecting for Ukraine, collecting stuff and the stuff they need, medical supplies, painkillers, that kind of thing. I know that the Red Cross are adamant or they're saying that, look, cash is best. And if you want to give cash to the Red Cross, then feel free to do it. I mean, that lovely cafe Arish did that down in uh, in Clon, where they gathered all their tips together uh, and then they made a donation to the Red Cross. If you want to give cash, that's fine. But if you want to give stuff, there's so many people want to give stuff and there is a way to get it there. So we're working on that. Uh, and there's loads of people ringing us up, collecting. So I'll go through as many as I can of them again. Between now and the end of the programme, 0818 96 96 96. Now, there's an event at the Radisson Blue Hotel on Thursday, March 3rd. It's for women who are concerned about perimenopause and menopause. And it's to know your hormones. I guess when you get to, what would I know? But when you get to a certain age as a woman, it's important to know your hormones because they can signal changes in your body. And if you know what you're listening for or feeling for or thinking for, Mary Ryan, Dr. Mary Ryan, good morning to you. You can help me put this into English <laughs> rather than make a complete gobshite of myself here. But you good do. Good morning you need, to you. How, you um, need to listen to your body, don't you? Totally, but I think people need to understand that hormones rule everything. Like, hormones control all your muscles, all your... Hormones also define whether you're male or female. Hormones are really, really important. We actually don't realise that hormones control absolutely everything. So I want to... Well, I'm going to try and... I need to try and tidy up that phone line, Mary, because it's, it's, it's terrible. One sec, let's see if we can tidy that up, Fiona. We might have to come back t- to Mary. But there's an event on. We'll find out more about it. It's on at the Radisson. She's tried again, will we? Okay. Will we go again, Mary? Hello, can That's you hear me that better? A little, a little better, maybe. A little better. So, yeah, oh. you were saying about it. The hormones control everything. Hormones control everything. Hormones control your, all your muscles, your immune system. Hormones determine whether you're male or female. So hormones control every organ in your body. So they're absolutely vital. And there's a hormone control center at the top of the nose. That, that is the master control center. And that controls everything. But we, we're educating women and men, not just women, about perimenopause and menopause. Because from puberty, girls, are, you know, the, the hormone control center is very active. They get periods every month. 
women really didn't understand their bodies. The public weren't educated about what was normal, what was abnormal. And the same, and as a woman suffered fertility problems needlessly mm. and suffered pain need for it. So that's the reason why we're coming out educating what is normal, what is perimenopause, which is, so So women have a period usually at 12, every month they get a period and then from the age of 45 to 50, eggs become depleted in the ovaries, usually not always, but some women get it earlier, some women, women get it later and as a result, the hormone that controls the ovaries and the womb goes up in the, in the hormone control centre and that is a knock-on effect to all all the other uh, muscles and that's why women get aches and pains that's why their sleep goes off that's why they're more likely um to to you know they get sweating flushing they get irritable um they you know they can get problems with hair and libido all and this so this is from perimenopause to menopause and then menopause of course is when periods cease but i think the thing that i felt as an endocrinologist was I was meeting women and they had no idea of their symptoms. They had no idea that if they were anxious, they, that, that this was perimenopause. And they were almost had the feeling and had been told for years that it was in their head or that they just got on with it or suffer in silence. And, and I, this had to stop because I was seeing most horrendous cases where just weren't being treated, weren't being listened to. And that's the reason we're going out educating everyone. So okay. it's not just women, it's men as well. And spouses, partners, the public need to understand this because women are 50% yeah. of the human race. So yeah, and I guess it's important for a husband or partner totally, to know what the hell totally. is going on here. Like, what, Absolutely. Why, yeah. why, why, has, why has my wife left and this stranger arrived in her place? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because as you know, the mother is the centre of the home. So if she's not feeling well, all, all hell breaks loose. So, you know, it's, it's just uh, really, really important <laughs> that, that we, we, we educate. So it's uh, on in the, in the, in the uh, Radisson on Thursday and tickets are available at Hormone Health 40 plus at eventbrite.ie. Do, do, yeah, but I'd be saying not even 40 plus. I think all age groups need to know about us, men and women. So I, I think the public uh, education, really, to, to, to really empower everyone about uh, hormonal health. That, that's what we're trying to do. Okay. I'm going to leave it there because the line is falling apart in us again. Mary, thank you. Dr. Mary Ryan, consultant, endocrinologist. That's on at the Redison Blue. Isn't it gas? Do you know, we can talk to the other side of the continent in the middle of a war, and it sounds like they're standing next to us. But a mobile phone across town. Now that's a different story. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, we'll be talking pancakes before the end of the programme because it is Pancake Day, Shrove Tuesday. I say, when it comes to pancakes, I'm more a savoury man. I'd love to know what yours is. Uh, you know what I love, right? Hold off on the lemon juice. Don't mind all the sugar. You can keep all that now. Don't mind all that. Give me a pancake with as little sugar as possible and a big dollop of chicken curry on top of it. Give me a... Yes, I'm not joking you. Give me a chicken curry pancake. I love them. 
We'll do that before the end of the program today uh, on Shrove Tuesday. And I also forgot forgot to mention this. Today, the first proper day of spring. Ask Alan O'Reilly at Carlo Weather. Ask the Met Service. It's the first proper day of spring. And look, I mean, look out. Look out at that. Isn't that just... That's what spring is. Beautiful, beautiful day out there. 0818 96 96 96. Now, I will come back and list off as much as I can of the stuff that is literally flooding into us of people just wanting to do things. And as I said, the uh, Red Cross is saying, look, in our experience, cash is king. Get us the cash and, and we can do things with the cash. And a lot of people who support the Red Cross are saying, give them cash. They're the experts. They'll deal with it. And you know what? If that's what you want to do, then go about it. But there are so many people want to help, want to do stuff. And if stuff means going and buying a packet of bandages or going buying some nappies or going and buy some baby f- if if that's what that means and, and give it to a van put it in a van and someone's going to drive then let's 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 let them do it let's let's encourage people to do that too because they're our friends and they need us right now in whatever way we can help okay speaking of friends uh, this is a story that has come to us this morning um, and it's a desperately sad story Victoria good morning to you Good morning, Peter. And uh, now you're back in Valley de Hub, I think, in West Cork. That's right, yes. With Jana and with Leonid. Now tell me first of all about Leonid, Victoria, little boy. Leonid is a five and a half years old little boy. He's my great nephew who has got leukemia. He was treated back in Ukraine up until... Uh, 24th of February and then the war has started and that's when Jana, my niece, was given the documents and was told to flee the country as soon as she could because the hospital in Kiev where he was due his uh, bone marrow transplant to be done on 10th of uh, March was is not doing um, to anything anymore to the, to any of the kids, and but I just found out that last night it was bombed as well. Oh, no. Yes, so he yes, was it's, all, it's he was all set to get his treatment, and he was all to set. Yes, yeah, he was treated for uh, leukemia for the past eight and a half months. And he, his treatment was just stopped. The doctors gave all documents, which we gave to Mike. We forwarded them documents, medical documents, with all the details, with all the facts. We forwarded uh, them documents to Michael Collins, and he's organizing translation at the moment of them with Department of Foreign Affairs, so so we could. Sure. Give the correct information to the doctor, so so he'd know what's the next step. And um... okay. and I will and I will talk to Michael in in a few minutes' time. But but how is Leonid? I mean, it's been a very diff- difficult. How, how did you get out so quickly? Was there were there were there flights available at that point? It no, it was it was a totally horrific story. They left in their cars. My sister and uh, my uh, 
niece, her husband, and little Leonid. They just hopped in two cars with, with one little suitcase, basically. And uh, just whatever they... Mm-hmm. My, my sister hasn't got has got nothing with her but passport and uh, one pair of pants and some underwear that's it uh niece and and her husband and literally need whatever they had with them just they just took his medication which was the most important yeah. and and uh, and basically it they lost everything they everything they ever had they just got into the and car they, and drove Yes, for 30 hours they were driving. Then at the border, there was a queue, 20 kilometers queue at the time when they were crossing. And police took them with the sirens through to the border because they, because of their urgent case, because they could see how sick the boy is. And, uh, and then they had five hours um, wait on the border. Uh, in fairness to the Polish people, they were very supportive. They were bringing food, clothes, everything to them, water. Then they were put in the monastery for the night. They stayed overnight there. Then got their tickets, bought their tickets online, drove another. How many hours did you drive then to Teresa? Five five hours further drive in Poland to to of a friend, Teresa Wieniarska, who put them up in in her apartment for the night. Then her brother drove them to Warsaw Uh, the the next day. They left two of their cars in Teresa Wieniarska's garden and and drove, uh, left everything behind. And I mean everything they ever had. Nothing, nothing with them, nothing. It's horrific. It's it's terrible. Can I speak with Jana for a minute? Would that be okay? You you can, of course. Just to warn you, her, her English is not great. She, she okay. understands very well what people That's are saying. But I'll I'll be I'll be here in here and sure. my belt. I'll help. But okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I'll put her on. Yeah. Okay. I'll put her on. Thank you, Jana. Thank you, okay. Victoria. Okay. 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 Hello. Hello. Jana. Hello. You've had you've had a, a terrible journey. Uh, and yeah. you, how is how is your little boy? Uh, he's looking very Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. How how is he holding up? Is he okay? Uh, yes, he's uh, okay. He's waiting for... Uh, he's waiting, he's waiting on, a, on a... It's okay. He's waiting on a bone marrow transplant. And, and has he been to see a doctor here yet? Has he seen a doctor? Uh, no, we will see doctor at four o'clock uh, today. Okay. Okay. And how are you? You must be exhausted. We have so many stress last uh, five days. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And you've left everything, everything behind. Just the clothes you came in. Yes, we lost uh, everything we had. And And you don't even know... When you go back, you don't even know if your house will be there, do you? I don't know. Because the bombs are falling. Yana, 
Put me back onto Victoria, please, and we'll talk a little more. I just wish you well. I, I can't I can't find words to, to express how how awful this Thank sounds. You. Put me back onto Victoria. Victoria are you there? Yes, yeah, she's she's very upset and very distressed, and I can understand that, and very tired. Um, what, I, what I was anxious to find out was whether little Leonid has seen a doctor or been examined yet. Not yet. We are going at four o'clock. Four I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, at four o'clock uh, today. Yes, we are going to skull surgery to see a doctor. Okay, stay there for me a moment. I'm going to bring in. I'm going to bring in, I'll go back to them, Fee. Stay there for me. I'm going to bring back in um, Michael Collins, TD, because you did some some Trojan work, Michael, to get them back. Good morning. Uh, good morning, uh, PJ. How are you keeping? Good. These are these are real people going through unreal agony and torture. It's a, a shocking situation. And, and look, I met uh, Victoria and, and, and her husband, David, uh, in, in one of my clinics on, on Friday, and I knew immediately we had to work and work fast. And in fairness... Uh, obviously, the, the the family themselves were, you know, you had Yana, uh, Victoria's niece, and her, her son, Leonid, and husband, Sergi, and Svetlana, all were making their moves at their side, but the Department of Foreign Affairs, in fairness, and are, are very good in these situations, were working with us throughout the weekend, day and night, basically, to make sure they got a safe uh, pass into the, in, across the border into Poland. Now, you, you did hear them saying that they, um, they got a police escort, which was of, of uh, a great help to them, but they still had to wait was it five and a half hours yeah. to get across the border at the final part uh, of, of the journey as such the final part of that journey then when they got there obviously flights flights were, were, were arranged there was a stop off in Zurich yesterday that created its own problems because it looks like A isn't talking to B at the moment but thankfully all that was overcome even though some of the family were put on the plane then taken back off the plane put back on the plane again some were told they couldn't come you know um, um, uh, Jan and, and Leonid were told yes First, didn't know, didn't, and Sergi and, and Slutlana were told, you know, they couldn't. But then it worked itself out after a lot of communication back and forth. And we got them into Dublin Airport, the family into Dublin Airport yesterday, right. which was, it was, it was, it was emotional, yeah. but happy in one way. Now, he urgently needs, and he was geared up for a bone marrow transplant on the 10th of March. Now, we know how good treatment of children's leukaemia is in, in Ireland and particularly here in Cork we know how brilliant it is but can we get him the treatment that he needs Michael? Certainly I, I'm very hopeful that we can um, you know they're attending a clinic today um, where there's nurses available to look at you know um, Leonid has a catheter and that has to be seen to just to make sure everything's okay um, I, I, you know I, I done the medical assessment yesterday in the airport but in fairness I'm no medical professional but I just wanted to make sure that he wasn't extremely weak that he needed immediate help in, in, in COH in Cork so I'm glad he's able to go back to Cork or sorry West Cork because their, their clinic will be the local medical clinic there meeting him at 4 o'clock today where I'm expecting a referral letter will be issued immediately to, to the cancer unit in, in, in Cork so you know but it, it, there's a few things that needs to be going on behind the scenes as well we need to translate uh, medical documents we're trying to work with um, uh, the embassy in, 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 in the Ukraine embassy here to see can we uh, translate uh, Leonid's uh, medical uh, documents they're all he, he was given them in Kiev 
on, on Friday and told leave the country immediately. That's sure. just all they got and go. So we're trying to do that. If there's anybody out there that can help us with that, we'd I'm sure there, I'm sure there are plenty of, of of people around because it's it's only come very much to prominence the last few days, Michael, just how many people are around with strong connections to Ukraine here in Cork and will have, I've no doubt, the language. So if anyone can help, they can contact us and we'll put them in touch with you. Michael, I'll leave you go and I'll go back to Victoria. Thanks to Michael Collins. Victoria, how how is Leonid today now? Has he had a, a night's sleep and things like that? He did, of course. We accommodated him because uh, I we have a house. I myself and my husband are staying. We have our own house and we put them up in our house and uh, looked after them. Of course, they have their own everything. They have to start with, but. You understand, Peter, they still, they have everything just they can move away. That I gave everything I could of mine, my clothes, what, what more or less uh, fits them, you know. Little boy, of course, has nothing but uh, one change of clothes. And I know, and, um, I, know I think so Mike, Mike was organising a fundraiser. The relief, I'd say... Um, Victoria, the relief when they just finally landed safely last night. What was that like? It is, absolutely. And I, I will be forever thankful to everybody who helped my, my colleagues and Department of Foreign Affairs. Yeah. Absolutely, because without getting them here, they probably, Lord only knows what, what would be happening by now, but at least there is a hope. At least there is a hope. They're here and they're here and they're safe and that's the most important thing and there are brilliant, brilliant doctors and nurses that can help Leonid here. You still there, Michael? Yes. Yeah, there's yes. a fundraiser that you've got organised, I think, is that or who's organising it? In uh, Sasha, who's uh, Victoria's son, is, is he has organised a GoFundMe page. I think he's just waiting for clearance and that hopefully will be up in the next hour or two. Okay. Uh, and, and, and people have a chance, you know, because there's going to be a lot of uh, medical expenses sure. attached to the Leon and healthcare going forward. Sure. And, and we'd appreciate if people would support that. I'll put that up on my own Facebook, but I'll obviously share it with, with, with he in, okay. in 96 well, minutes. As soon as we have the details, certainly we'll, 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 uh, we'll spread it ourselves. Uh, thank you very much. That's uh, Independent TD Michael Collins and to Victoria and to Yana and the family and particularly to little five-and-a-half-year-old Leonid. The, you've got the safety. Now we need to get the medical help. Uh, um, Victoria, thank you for speaking to me today and my best to everybody. I mean, what words can you have? I, I, if I sound a bit short of words, it's because I am. Do you know, they have run, run through the night, through the day, out of their home. Imagine, just think about it. Fergal Keane put it very well the other morning, yesterday morning when he was here with me on the programme, when he said, just think about it. You're there in Cork and you've told you've got to get out and you've 25 minutes to get out. You literally have what you're standing up in and your hand's hanging to you and you've got to get out and you've got to drive or you've got to get a train or you might have to walk with literally all you have is what you're standing up in. At least now they're safe and at least we can get medical services that the little boy needs. Um, there are kind of no words for that. It's a massive dose of perspective, I think, for the things that we fret about and the things that we worry about. It's a massive dose of 
perspective. My gosh, PJ, my heart goes out for Victoria and the family. Can't imagine what they're going through. Yeah, I think that kind of puts it... Puts it, yeah. There's a fundraising drive featuring hairdresser Ashlyn Kelleher doing uh, blow dries and upstyling with a beautician doing eye makeup. They're only looking for a donation for Ukraine. They'll be taking donations of goods for distribution. It's on Saturday. Uh, all details from Sandra Lunik. Uh, can I give out that number? Uh, there's a few more bits and pieces. The Grail Skull in Douglas has a collection. Number three. Nails Salon in Castletown Bear, the Grove in Balancolic, the Church in Balavorny, Blarney GAA Clubhouse and O'Leary's Centre in Blarney, the Party Company can sail road roundabout and many, many more. I have medical supplies. Here's a WhatsApp message. I have medical supplies. If the little boy needs them, he may have a Hickman line in the dressing will need changing. I have all those supplies. Thanks, says Claire. The generosity is just mind-blowing. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 0818 96 96 96. On Cork's 96FM. <laughs> I mentioned pancakes and I mentioned that my... My favourite one, it's, well, I'm, I, I don't go for this lemon and sugar and even strawberries and cream, although I've been known to be tempted by a few strawberries and cream in a pancake, all right. Chicken curry. Uh, <laughs> oh, yuck. How did you even come to put chicken curry in a pan? Someone did it for me. I think we did it years ago, the very early days of the opinion line. We We had some... Pancakes and savoury pancakes and savoury crepes and stuff for Pancake Day. And I can't, it might have been, and I, if I'm wrong on the chap, uh, or if I'm, if, if it was somebody else, and I, I think it might have been Mike from the corn store or from Cockbull who, who gave me a curry in, in a pancake. And I thought it was the most gorgeous thing I ever had in my life. Beautiful together. But we will touch base and talk pancakes before we finish today. 0818 96 96 96. So there's always time for a bit of fun. It's a tough day news-wise. It's been a tough few days news-wise. Uh, and we're staying with those stories and we will stay with them for as long as people want to tell, tell us the stories and we will do as much as we can to promote the good stuff, to promote the goodness to promote the generosity and the spirit of giving that we know only too well in Cork. It is of no surprise the generosity that is out there. It is of no surprise the long list of places where you can donate and stuff that people want to give. It's no surprise. We're certainly happy to promote it as best we can. 0818 96 96 96. Hi PJ, old Mrs Henshee in St Luke's made the most amazing savoury pancakes, chicken and white sauce, like what you get in a volivant, with banana brandy and cream. Oh, my God. Banana brandy. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Now, there's an event at uh, UCC, um, and a whole aim, a whole programme, um, to get women back into the workforce and to help them to upskill as they do. It's called Rejuvenate 22. And I want to chat for a while about it with Caroline CC. Caroline, good morning to you. 
Oh, hi, PJ. Nice to talk to you this morning. And, and to you too. Tell me a bit about this. Um, what is it all about? Okay, I suppose just a little bit of background really in Rejuvenate. Um, it started back in 2019, a collaboration between Taste for Successful Skillsnet and UCC. And I suppose basically we were looking in at the financial services sector and IT sectors and they were really encouraging women to return to work because the, the skills and the talent that's kind of sitting at home it is immense. And we really started to look at it initially, um, looking at the agri-food sector and bringing you know, talented professional women back in there. So that's how it started off here in UCC. Um, and it went very well. It went very well from the outset. Um, Bank of Ireland Workbench were very good to us. It was pre-COVID, so we had a group of women in there for the first Rejuvenate programme. Um, and almost all of them are now back at work. Mm. And then, of course, COVID happened, so we decided to go online. Um, and, you know, initially I was a bit concerned if we lost the face-to-face interaction, but it actually worked very well. Um, women settled in very quickly to the whole Zoom format. Of course, it also helped us then to go nationwide, and we've had people from Dublin, from Meath, from as far away as Donegal. Um, and it's, it's just really a programme where we find that women who are at home for a variety of reasons, a lot of them could have been minding children or caring for elderly people, yeah. or particularly in the back of covid redundancy they just really lack confidence and are concerned about going back to work and this program is there to support them and to help them really back into paid employment what are the kind of hurdles uh, that they face when they're trying to get back into the workforce after a period out of it I think, you know, we've worked now with almost 70 women and there's consistency across the board, really. And to be honest, I understand it myself because I was a stay-at-home mum for about 16 years. I think you start to really doubt your skill set, you doubt your confidence, um, you become very used to putting everybody else first, you know, minding the children, be it elderly parents, you know, being very focused on the home. And you, you really do start to lose that confidence in yourself, I suppose, as, as a worker in the workforce. Um, there's also concerns really about flexibility. You know, how do you go back to work, can you get part-time work and um, how, how will the family manage type of thing. Now we have seen because of COVID, maybe one of the upsides of COVID which are few is there's definitely now more abundance of remote working. Um, we've noticed on LinkedIn really in the last 18 months there's now a facility there to say that you're open to remote working and that will definitely help women who may be living more rurally and we've had a lot of women from Dingle, from Donegal, from West Cork so we're hoping there's opportunities will open up there. Um, but very much this course is about building your competence, building your resilience but also then we do the practical skill set so you'll come away with the CV and we work with a career coach called Lorraine Shine who speaks to the women and helps them with their confidence so it's the full package really and, and we're delighted you know um, Taste for Success Skill Net fully funded so it's actually a free programme for women which is terrific um, and it shows a real kind of a, a commitment really I think on behalf of UCC mm. with Equality and Skills Net Ireland to really promote women getting back into the workforce. Someone I know in my own circle who went back and actually changed career after a few years out um, with with their children. One of the biggest jumps was going from an office where everything was paper-based, typed, written, handwritten and all that to something that's almost entirely digital. That's a big jump for some people because they're not digital natives. 
Yeah, you know, I too, uh, that's a really valid point, and it's certainly a concern with some of the women. Now, you know, I suppose the digital world has been around for a long time, so mm. in, in reality, it's women maybe who are out of the workforce for a bit longer that feel quite intimidated by that. Um, and, you know, we acknowledge that, and I suppose really what Rejuvenate gives them is the confidence to work in today's digital world. So, for example, when they come away from working on a programme with us, they're very used to Zoom, to working and interacting with people over Zoom, so they're very familiar with that. We also have a digital skills section of Rejuvenate, um, and I really focus on that side of things whereby, you know, we work with them on their CV, but then we show them how to use LinkedIn, sure. how to set up their profile. And it's very important that you just don't let your LinkedIn profile sit there, that you go out and you use it, that you mm. pass comments, that you like what other people are saying, that you yeah. connect with recruitment agencies. And really, when they come away, your point is so valid, but when they finish the course with us here, I think that has changed significantly. You're the second person, actually, in less than a week to um, trumpet for LinkedIn. It's kind of the one, it's kind of the forgotten social media, isn't it? But it can be so useful. Absolutely. I think, I suppose, you know, LinkedIn is very different to the others. You know, I always say to the, the women on the course, you know, you're, out, you're already used to social media, you know, if you're on WhatsApp groups, if you're on Facebook, if you're looking at Instagram. But LinkedIn is different because it's the professional forum. You know, it really is where you go to sell your professional skill set online. And that's really why it's so important in the workplace. You know, it's your shop window into your ability, into what you want to do. Um, and it is very important. And I do think that anybody, be it male, or a female who wants to go back out into the work world really needs to have a good LinkedIn profile but critically you need to use it you know you need the discipline of being on it a couple of times a week liking and commenting and connecting and people and making it work for you sure. because if you let it sit there it just really doesn't do anything but it's a very effective tool if you use it properly and LinkedIn helps you to do that Okay Alright Caroline listen, how can lastly how can anyone uh, register for Rejuvenate? Um, very easy really you know if you just want to type in Food Institute Rejuvenate UCC and um, it'll bring you to our Food Institute website and you'll see the Rejuvenate details there or if somebody wants to email me again it's straightforward just email rejuvenate at ucc.ie Alright, uh, leave it there for now Thank you Caroline CC 0818 96 96 96 Can we just talk the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96FM. The soundtrack to your afternoon in Cork with brilliant tunes. Big cash to be won with the Cork's 96FM cash cow. And if it's happening on Side, I'll tell you all about it. See you from 12 here on Cork's 96FM. How beat your heartbreaking listening to your last caller? This was about little, little Leonid uh, listening to Victoria and his auntie and his mom, Yana. Uh, it's heartbreaking listening to your callers. I have a box of boys' clothes aged 11 to 12 and a few aged 13, 14 that I'd love to donate to Ukrainian kids. Would you know anywhere that would take them? There are collections all over the place, Jean. Uh, we'd read as many of them out. We had a few read out this morning. Um, this little lad is only about five, but I'm sure he'll be surrounded with generosity and love and 
Where do you want to go? You can go to the Grellskull in Douglas. They're taking drop-offs. You can go to the Grove in Ballancolig. You can go to the church in Ballancolig. You can go to Ballancolig Industrial Park. You can go to the party company at Kinsale Road Roundabout with whatever you have. Now, the bus drivers in Capwell, decent men and women at the best of times. Derry O'Shea. Good morning, Peter. No doubt. I was only waiting for you to stand up and say we'll be part of this. We know oh, yeah. you so well from, from Radiothon over the years. What are you doing? So, uh, we're the Bus Workers Charity Fund. Uh, we're in action for the last six years. What we've been doing all along is we've been going out to Belarus with humanitarian aid for um, the Ukrainians, and still from the fallout of the Chernobyl disaster. But this time around, we are planning on taking two Arctic loads of aid out to Poland, place near Krakow in Poland. Um, basically, what we're looking for is somewhere to store stuff for about two weeks. We we literally only came up with this idea last night, and we're heading out on the 16th. Right. And so you're... already this morning, I have located or secured two Arctics, two trailers, and insurance to go, and I have four drivers ready to go. It's only... And, and we have a lot of stuff already, right. which we had gathered for Chernobyl or for, for Belarus. Right. But I don't think we'll be going there for a good bit to come in the future. No, so no, but you want to make use of what you have. So, so we where, want to make use of what you, you, you have. Yeah. You want to leave on the 12th of March, is that no, right? No, it's the 16th. 16th of March, okay. Yeah, but we'd be hoping to be loaded, the Arctics would be loaded on that weekend of the... Um, the 12th, 13th, like, right, right, okay. uh, we'd be finished loading by right. then. Like that. And you already have eight pallets of, of, yeah, of, sh- of shampoos. shower gels and shampoos and all that. Yeah. Nappies. And we have, we have loads of nappies, but you can never have enough of them. Yeah. Um, we have we have lots of stuff, but there is a, the new appeal that has gone on. You see, we used to bring furniture, clothes, toys, everything to Belarus. Yeah. But um, it's it's a different type of aid they're looking for. So sure. basically, what what they were looking for is water, nappies, blankets, sleeping bags, painkillers, bandages, tents, toothbrushes, toothpaste, female products. Even this time now, which we've never taken before, canned food and non-perishable food, yeah. toilet rolls, yeah. white. Baby food, baby formula, all that sort. Painkillers, tablets, bandages, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, Derry. You're looking for somewhere to store the stuff? Somewhere to put the stuff starting ASAP and up until the very latest, the 16th. If somebody is a warehouse okay. there that they're trying to let out and they can't at the moment. Okay. Just okay. somewhere to get in to, to have a, a base. And and who'll be driving it, Derry? Is it is it bus drivers? Well, yes. So um, we have four drivers. Uh, two drivers currently, John Sexton and myself, are taking one Arctic. Right. And a retired driver, Dan Barry, and uh, a, a haulier, a retired haulier, okay. um, is, is or Pat Morehouse. Um, so the four of us are ready to go. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I must go to my boss and bus here and ask him for the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> nah, listen, I don't. I don't foresee a problem there. <laughs> in fairness, no. In fairness, no. Well, you know what, Derry? Um, if if we can get somewhere for you to store the stuff until. The very latest, the 16th. The very latest, the 16th, but we'll probably be around the 12th. The very latest will be the 15th because we'd be sailing on the 
the 16th okay. out of okay. Rasslayer. So okay. Just to, to, to hold up for a couple of weeks until you can load up the trucks and get them and get them out. And do you know what I ask you to do, Derry, when yes. when you're on route? Can mm-hmm. we have it? Can we have a chat at some point? Absolutely, Fantastic. absolutely, 100%. Fantastic. All right. Listen, good luck to you guys. And as always, the bus drivers of Cork, uh, Capwell, uh, rise to the occasion, whatever the occasion is. So they have two Arctics committed. They have drivers committed. They already have a load of stuff, but they want more. They want to fill two Arctics, which will be leaving here in time for Patrick's weekend and they want somewhere to store the stuff. Can anybody help? Warehouses, sheds, anywhere at all help them to store uh, for about two weeks until they get those trucks loaded up to drive to Poland. Uh, uh, oh, it, it would need to be accom- able to accommodate quite a lot of stuff. Like, we're not really going to want to be able to put a truck in there because this is not somewhere that... Um, you can't store this lot in your spare bedroom. Like, there's a lot of stuff. The truck itself kind of needs to be able to back in there. So there's got to be somewhere out there, if anybody's listening to us. 0818 96 96 96. There's just so much coming in. But I want to talk about... Pank. Well, yeah. Um, let me go to um, Alex Pettit, who's the chef at Lazard Estate in Skibbereen. Um and Alex, I, people are looking at me strange here for saying I love the savoury and the, the nicest thing I ever got was chicken curry in, in a pancake. But it is a mixture of sweet and savoury, isn't it? Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, it's, it, there's a bit for everybody out there. Um, the first debate you always have when you talk about pancakes is, is it American pancakes or is it crepe that you're looking for? And I suppose the fact that we all year round having American pancakes, which is the nice fluffy one, on Pancake Tuesday for us anywhere at home, it's always crap that we'll be doing today. Could you so get a little closer one. to your phone, Alex, if you wouldn't mind, please? Yep. Can you can you hear me now? It's just a little bit closer because you're you're you seem to be away from it. Is it under? Okay. Maybe no, no, I'm, no, no. I'm just on the phone. There is that okay? That that seems better now. That seems better. So oh. the first thing about it is making the perfect mix that it doesn't stick to the pan. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, we keep it nice and simple, um, and it has to be made uh, just maybe half an hour before you start flipping the pancakes, which is very important. So, 100 grams of plain flour, two eggs, half a pint of milk, a soup, uh, soup spoon of sugar, 50 grams of melted butter, pitch and salt, mix all that together, and off you go. Leave it to rest for half an hour, and that's the perfect mix for you. Now, the second thing is the pan. You've got to have a non-stick pan. It has to be a good quality pan. Ideally, you'd want to buy a new one every two to three years. There's no point in trying to make pancakes in, in an old pan because it's going to stick and ultimately it's not going to work. Now, the first one always goes to the bin. That's the rule. Um, <laughs> it will stick to the pan for the first one. That's okay. But after that, then, if it's nice and hot, a small bit of oil, use kind of a nice cloth just to rub the oil around the pan and off you go. It should be working perfectly for you. Yeah. The, people's toppings differ. Dude, kids love sweet stuff. As much sugar and fruit as you can put in there. That's true. Um, so like at home there now, for example, today we'll be doing all the sweet ones in the afternoon just to make sure we don't get a sugar rush just before bedtime this evening. <laughs> and then we might do a few savory ones for dinner. So like, you know, a nice topping for kids in the afternoon, banana with peanut butter, salty caramel with apples, um, chocolate sauce with blueberries and pecans, um, nice chocolate sauce again with raspberries and maybe some sprinkles. Like what we like to do is get all the garnishes ready 
put them into small bowls for them and we bring everything to the table and everybody just spread their own thing at the table, you know, and it's very, very convivial. Mm. Do the adults prefer the savoury or the sweet? Well, I like Sam again, we have my wife prefers the sweet ones, but uh, because of my background in France, we prefer the savory ones. So this, this evening now for dinner time, it will be savory ones we have. Um, and we could be, you know, putting anything in them, eggs, tomato, ham, cheese, fried egg, uh, vegetarian. You could do a really nice kind of mushroom with spinach and ricotta. Oh, lovely. Uh, you can do some really crispy bacon with some egg. And like, there's another one that we use also a lot, which is called buckwheat crepes. And I don't know if you've heard of this. It's it's the one when when you go on holidays in Brittany. Do you know the blonde the blonde looking crepe? Yeah. Um, and it's absolutely amazing. And it's actually gluten free without doing anything to it. So like 330 grams of buckwheat flour, one egg, 750 grams of water, and a pinch of salt. You mix that together, send it again, let it rest, and it's gluten free. Um, you can buy the buckwheat flour inside the um, health shops. Any health shop would have it. And it just, like for the savoury crepes, that's definitely the best one. Yeah, and would you, you'd hold off on the sugar for those, would you? You would, because you only use those really for just the savoury ones. Yeah, absolutely. So, that, that, you know, that could give you two dimensions, two different types of crepes for the day. Um, and then, obviously, the one that, when the kids are asleep, the one that we'll be doing tonight is definitely a, a really nice boozy one. Yeah. Um, and I, and I have I have another there which is going to be a nourish coffee pancake so what i'll do is i'll put a bit of baileys into my pancake butter and um, i'm gonna whip, i'm gonna whip up some whipped cream with some whiskey and a bit of icing sugar and then i'm gonna do an espresso with a bit of sugar that i'm gonna make a syrup out of and i'm just gonna eat the three of them together and you, that should you, you stop, come, you're gonna put baileys into the batter mix yeah exactly so they give you that irish coffee irish cream kind of taste you know just just to make it a small bit different. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Wow. All right. Listen, Alex, thank you very much. As the chef at the Lissard Estate in Skibbereen, Alex Pettit. You see? You see? I'm not mad when I say I like a bit of chicken curry in a pancake. In San Francisco, PJ, there is a divine restaurant called the Crepe Vibe. The nicest one on the menu is prawn, veg and curry sauce. You see? You see? I'm not mad. Well, I am, but, you know. Uh, Derry was back on from the bus drivers saying they will accept donations, but they need to get a place to store the trucks first. Okay, so they've got the Arctics and they've already got a start on filling them. They want somewhere to store two Arctics for a couple of weeks and they will accept donations uh, Derry was back on to us and indeed we'll talk to him again. Uh, the nice version of savoury pancakes are the ones with ricotta cheese and spinach. Once you try it, you can't forget it and you want more. You start putting things like mincemeat and mushrooms and onions and chicken and we made waffles for a change today with fruit and lemon curd. Uh, sending hugs to everyone, loyal listeners. Thank you very much for that. The programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Vika still trying to get to the border. She can see it. Still trying to get there. Maybe we'll have more news when we're back tomorrow, just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.